Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. James 4.8 tells us to wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. After Peter denied Christ three times, it says he went out and wept bitterly. In Psalm 51, we see David absolutely crushed with sorrow and remorse over his sins with Bathsheba. But you can't respond that way to every sin, right? I mean, we all sin every day. We can't just walk around in constant brokenness and tears in our eyes 24-7. So how do you know when a sin calls for that extreme gut-wrenching repentance and when you can just say, God, I'm so sorry, please forgive me and get on with your day? Submit to God, return to God, wash your hands, and break your heart. I told you that there's ten commands in this this little section here. We've covered six of them. All four of the others are in verse 9. There's a flurry in verse 9 of commands. He says, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. So first he tells us to grieve. That word is the word used to describe the way you feel when you're being tormented. External or internal torment. James is saying when you repent, you should feel tormented in your soul. Joel 2.13 says, rend your hearts and not just your garments. Return to the Lord your God. The word rend means to rip or to tear. It's to shred something. That culture, when, they would, when something really horrible would happen, they would, they would literally just rip their clothes. And the prophet says, instead of just shredding your clothes, do that to your heart. Just, just rip it. And there's a couple ways that can happen. You can either, either do it yourself by rending your own heart, or you can wait for God to bring chastisement and trouble into your life and rip it up. You don't want to do that. So much better to do it yourself. But... One way or the other, it's going to happen. This is the thing that's so important to understand about sin. This is one reason why you can't just do the, oh, I'll sin now and repent later and ask forgiveness. There's going to be agony. When you sin, there is going to be devastation and heartbreak and sorrow and pain. That's just the nature of sin. It's going to happen. It's better to inflict it on your own heart instead of waiting for God to inflict it. But one way or the other, it's going to happen. There's going to have to be that brokenness. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says, If we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. So, so it's better to judge yourself. It's better to bring yourself, bring that, that pain into your own heart. But realize this when you're being tempted. There's going to be pain. So grieve. Next one, mourn. That's a typical word just to describe what you do when somebody dies. Death of a loved one. The kind that brings tears. And then wail, that's the next word. That word means to cry, but, but it's a specific word that, that has an emphasis on the sound of crying. Wailing. It's the, used, the word used in Matthew 26 when Peter disowned Christ in verse 75. He says, he went outside and wept bitterly. He was, he was wailing out loud. Grieve, mourn, wail. Any one of those three words would have been plenty convey the idea but james uses all three because he's making a point and he's not done yet he, he, grieve mourn wail change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom that's really a, you know that's really a sharp rebuke when somebody tells you to stop laughing isn't it you ever have, had someone tell you stop laughing this is not a time to be that's hard 
James is not being gentle with us here at all. When we indulge in worldliness, the reason we do it is to laugh, right? We want to feel good. And so many times we're just laughing it up when we should be crushed and broken in sorrow. Turn your joy to gloom. That's a good translation. It it literally means, it's, it's three words put together. With downcast eyes. Just to be dejected or downcast or gloomy in your outlook. James says, that's how you should be right now. Greed, mourn, wail, laughter in the morning, joy to gloom. Why so many words just to make one point? Because it's a hard point. It's a hard point. And, and, and it's the part of dealing with sin that we're most prone to skip. We just want to take shortcuts here. If James just gave us a single command, just 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 weep, you know, or something like that, like he does with all these other, I think we we just tend to blow right over it. And so he slows us way down. He's showing us you cannot just quickly and easily do this part. Probably the biggest problem with our repentance over sin is it's just not thorough enough. Especially when it comes to this part. So often we just want to do the first three parts. Okay, I'll submit to God. I'll return to God. I'll fight against the devil. I'll wash my hands. I'll get on with my life. I'll just boom, boom, boom. Get all I'm done with that. I'm sorry. I can't do anything about the past. Let's just get on with my life. But we don't like the pain and the sorrow. We don't, it's, we don't want to go through that. But it's necessary. Why? Well, for the same reasons doctors tell you to take the full course of your antibiotics. Very often people start taking an antibiotic and pretty soon their symptoms all clear up. They feel better, uh, symptoms go away, and so they, they, they quit. They don't finish the whole course. And what happens? The remaining bacteria not only survive, but now become more resistant to that antibiotic. So not only do you get sick again in a couple of weeks, but now it comes back with a vengeance. It's worse. It's harder to treat. See, quitting before you finish the whole course does more harm than good because it makes the disease resistant to the cure. And it works the same way when it comes to dealing with our sin. If we deal with our sin in half measures, we can do more harm than good because because we just inoculate our soul to the grace and our soul becomes resistant to grace, to the cure. The last chapter and a half or so in James, James has just been brutal. I mean, he's been giving us this painful diagnosis of our sin. And that's, that's valuable. I mean, an accurate diagnosis is, is priceless, but it's, it's painful. Especially when it turns out that what you thought was just a minor little problem ends up being a systemic terminal disease that's in your bloodstream and it's affecting your whole system. And that's what James has been showing us in this book. It's pride problem. It's just systemic. And, and now he's given us the cure, finally given us the medicine. And this medicine is more powerful than penicillin or amoxicillin or keflexin or whatever, any of that. The name of this medicine is repentance. And it's a course of spiritual antibiotics that comes in 10 doses in verses 7 to 10. And one of the biggest reasons why we struggle in areas of our sin, the same areas over and over, and we can't get past, is because we don't take the full course. We don't take all ten doses. We get halfway through, we feel better, the problem seems to be gone, we're back on our feet, and, and, and so we're done. And we leave traces of the bacteria of that sin floating around in our system, and then they come back with a vengeance. So the pills that Dr. James is giving us here today, they're, they're bitter ones, 
They're bitter. They don't feel good going down. They're hard to swallow. But it's essential that we finish the course so that we can be healed. I think um, the, one of the big problems in the church today, I think maybe the drug of choice in our culture is levity. You know, we, we, want, a, we want a pastor as a stand-up comedian, keep it light, nothing too heavy, don't, not, nothing too dark, turn on the radio, just positive encouraging, positive encouraging. That's all we want, positive. And James is saying, no, no, there's times when positive isn't what you need. There's times when there should be weeping and wailing and darkness and gloom. You say, what times are those? I mean, obviously, you're not supposed to go around crying and wailing and weeping 24-7, right? Because we're always sinful to some degree. We're never perfect. And, and so there's always some sin. So does this mean I just cry all day? No. No. We see that in Psalm 51. It's supposed to come to an end. So when? When, when is it okay to say, you know, you just uh, you stumble a little bit and you just say, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, please forgive me, and, 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 and then you, you go on. When is that okay? And when, when are those times when you really need to take the full course of repentacillin? How can I tell if my sin has gotten so infected that it calls for all ten doses of James 4? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest six symptoms of that level of infection that calls for this full course. And they come out of Psalm 51. I wish I had the time to just take you through Psalm 51. I put it in, the, in an appendix in the, in the manuscript notes just because of time. But let me just, just quickly give you the list. These are symptoms of how you know when your current level of repentance over some particular sin is inadequate and you need to go deeper. Um, number one, lingering guilt feelings and a lack of intimacy with God. God's face is turned away from you. He's distant, and so you get this nagging guilt. See, when we sin, that gives a sense of being dirty and repulsive in God's sight. And when there's thorough repentance... God restores us and we can have confidence. The sin's dealt with now. God has forgiven. He doesn't look at me through the lens of that sin anymore. I'm not repulsive in his sight anymore. And intimacy with him is restored. His face is turned back towards me. When we deal with sin fully, that happens. When we deal with sin in half measures, with inadequate repentance, that guilt just lingers, just this low-grade guilt in the background just lingers. And you have distance from God. Number two, lack of joy in your salvation. God removes his presence. God never removes his presence altogether if you're a believer, but he does withdraw enough to where you lose your joy. You don't lose your salvation, but you lose your joy of your salvation, and, and that joy won't return until you take the full course of repentacillin. Number three, lack of willingness to let go of some sin. Your heart just won't, you know, you're indulging in some sin. The more you indulge in it, the more that makes your soul resistant to holiness and unwilling. And you might get yourself to, to knuckle under and, and, and say no to a certain sin, but your soul is fighting you the whole time. That's a sign of inadequate repentance. Lack of willingness. Number four, repetitive failure. The sin just keeps coming back. You just you, you get on track for a while. You're on, you're on the wagon, you're off the wagon. You're on the wagon, you're off the wagon. You make all kinds of resolutions and commitments. I'm never going to do that again. And a couple weeks later, a couple days later, whatever, you're right back down in the sin. 
going a long period of time without true repentance damages your perseverance and it damages your steadfastness and your ability to remain in righteousness. And so David in Psalm 51 says, restore my steadfastness. Give me a steadfast spirit. So repetitive failure. Number five, fifth symptom of inadequate repentance. Lack of fruitfulness and effectiveness in ministry. You're you're just not effective. Or maybe you drop out altogether. Number six, unforgiveness. You don't have a sense of being forgiven a lot, and so you don't have much forgiveness to offer. So you have a tough time forgiving people. So, so how do you know when the sin that you have committed is so so devastating that it calls for this extreme crushing brokenness and sorrow like James is describing? You can tell if you have lingering guilt feelings, if you have distance from God, lack of intimacy with God, lack of joy in the Lord, repetitive failure, ineffective ministry, or unforgiveness. Do you have any of those six symptoms of inadequate repentance? You have trouble forgiving people because their sins seem worse than yours? You have some sin you fall to over and over and over? Or you lack joy? Or you have some nagging, lingering guilt feelings in the background of your emotions all the time? If one of those describes you, give some thought to whether you might have some sin in your life that you haven't really run a full course of repentance on. You said you were sorry, but not much in the way of grieving, mourning, and wailing. No real brokenness before God. Now, once you've identified that, the next question is, what do I do about that? If I don't feel broken or crushed over my sin, how can I fix that? Well, James will answer that question for us tomorrow. But for now, just prepare yourself for tomorrow's study by asking God to help you identify any sins in your life where your repentance might be inadequate. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. I want the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Expose any contaminating evil in my heart that's hindering that. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in following your decrees. Then I wouldn't be put to shame when I consider your laws. Test me and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Show me what I need to repent of that I might walk blamelessly before you. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.